Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Shop with you today, wrapping up, looking back at Michigan State 27-12 loss in Minneapolis to Minnesota. Spartans down 10-6 at half. Minnesota pulls away with a 17-6 fourth quarter. 27-12, the Gophers go to 5-3, Spartans 2-5, 0-5 in the conference. And as we talked about in weeks past, it's very possible they do not win another game. The big, big problems for Michigan State football after Mel Tucker gets fired started with the loss to Maryland. Just took off at Iowa and destroyed at Rutgers. This is not a surprise what's happened since. A really tough road for Harlan Barnett, no matter what. Unfortunately, he did not take a lesson he needed to take after Maryland, apply it at Iowa, keep it going at Rutgers. And more than anything, that that's really the last chance for Michigan State to steady its ship. The Spartans have lost six in a row. They've got Nebraska next week at home, an early one. And then Ohio State. And the week following Indiana on the road before the Thanksgiving Black Friday night game against Penn State on the 24th, which is again Black Friday. That's what's left for Michigan State football in 2023. We'll talk about this game, break it down piece by piece. Spartan Pride Podcast, fans first, Sports Network. There's not much to say about the offense when. The production of the offense is 12 points. It's really not much to say. Kate Hauser didn't get much done, replaced by Sam Levitt, which is great. That's probably the best thing the offense did. Levitt looked real good. Levitt looked real young. This is only positive. Only positive. I just wish so badly that it was um, weeks ago that Hauser and Levitt would have been on the field when there was still something to play for. There's really nothing to play for now except their own experience. It's hard to say just how bad things have gone for the Michigan State offense, but unfortunately, it's not all one thing. It's not all the quarterbacks, not all the receivers not getting open. It's everything, but more than anything, what a rough, rough, rough ride for Chris Kaplovic. The idea that Michigan State would be at 2023, closing in towards the end of the season and rushing for 100 yards not able to put up 300 yards of offense against Minnesota, which is a a worthy opponent, a seasoned opponent. That program is established now. Just a pitiful, pitiful result for Michigan State. Not much good for the offense at all. For the defense, you know, they hung in there pretty well, didn't they? If you hold your opponent to 24 or less, you ought to have a chance to win. Spartans did hold Minnesota to 10 in the first half. They shockingly, held them to 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing. The rushing is not a surprise. Minnesota ran the ball like 50-some times. Unbelievable. It looks like the official tally is back to 50. There was a 
while where it wasn't quite there. They turned it over three times and still beat Michigan State and were never threatened to lose. So the defense did some good things, but it's all relative, and it was a game that P.J. Fleck looked like he was just going to keep going the way he wanted to, and he knew he was eventually going to win because he had better players, better athletes, and much, much more to play for. Much more to play for. Spartan special teams was not as bad as it has been, except for a remarkable coaching decision to, for some reason, go on an onside kick after Michigan State actually scored a touchdown. Why? I don't have any idea. So the Spartans cut it to to, uh, 17 to 12 early in the fourth quarter. Well, midway through the fourth quarter. Um, They are literally in the game again. And for some reason, a decision is made to onside kick it. Gives Minnesota a really short field. They go down. It's 24-12, game over. Why Michigan State decided that was the time to try that, I do not have a good answer for. I don't know. It seems like a crazy decision. The likelihood that you're going to recover an onside kick there is less likely by a good margin than Minnesota's going to turn the ball over to you in the first 10 snaps of their drive. Whether interception, fumble, or punting the ball back. So I... I have no idea why Barnett or anyone made that decision. It reeks of desperation. That's the kind of desperation that was needed at Maryland when Michigan State needed to change a quarterback. Same goes for Iowa. Same goes for somebody basically pulling a fire alarm, finding a way to snap out of a free fall at Rutgers. There's not a coach on the staff that's been able to do that so far. That's unfortunate for Michigan State. It's unfortunate for the coaches. And it pretty much coffined Michigan State there in the fourth quarter. Oof, 17-12. Okay, you kick the ball down there and find out what happens. It's very possible Michigan State gets the ball back with a chance to take a lead. By going for the onside kick, all they did was ensure that it was either now or probably never. And it not only was never, Minnesota tacked on three more to win 27-12. Everything is relative. The special teams was not as bad this time as they have been, but they get stuck with the play that really ended the game. Um, This maybe wasn't on the special teams coordinator unless he for some reason called it. This one sits on the head coach also. It's a tough gig, folks. First time around, I don't care how long... You've been an assistant. I don't care if you've been a 20-plus year assistant. There's no sure thing that you're going to be able to transition to a head coaching position and be ready to go. Unfortunately, Harlan Barnett is a, is the number one example of that in the country right now. On the other end, you've seen uh, Northwestern have some success. I don't think there's really any other position like that right now in the country, but this is a, another hard one. And the special teams just ends up on the field when the thing goes down, pretty much, without question, for good, taking Michigan State out of any opportunity to come back, get the ball back, and then actually have a chance to take the lead at Minnesota. Spartan Pride Podcast, we're going to take a look at a few more things and wrap it up. 27-12, the final Minnesota over Michigan State. We'll be back.
If you listen to this pregame show, I appreciate it. The preview, thanks very much for doing that. And I hope you caught what I said about the intangibles because they proved out to be true. Minnesota had so much to play for. So much to play for and they capitalized on it. They had a plan. The game started going a certain way. And you could see P.J. Flex say, we're just going to keep doing this. We're going to keep running the ball. We're going to win this game. They're going to make more mistakes than we are. For God's sake, Michigan State gifts someone with the, with the onside kick attempt. But they knew what they had. They sit atop the Big Ten West right now, 3-2. and two. They have the game over Iowa. I wouldn't be concerned about Nebraska. And they've got Wisconsin on Thanksgiving weekend, as we've talked about. This is not a Minnesota show. You can go find Minnesota through the Fans First Sports Network, but they're, I'm sure, saying the same thing. They're saying the same thing. What a lovely setup for Minnesota. Remember, Minnesota beat Nebraska in the season opener. They beat Iowa. There's two tiebreakers. It's going to come down to that battle of the axe, most likely. The Gophers are flying now. They use that momentum. They did have the intangible edge. One-on-one's a bit scattered. Minnesota's a strong team. They've got better athletes than most people realize. They've still got some kids that had redshirted. They are rebuilding. And where they may come up a a little short athleticism-wise against the best of the Big Ten East, they can battle with them. That's the thing. So Flex says throw out the Michigan game, and we, we can just throw that out for a number of reasons. A number of reasons, including the fact that Michigan may have literally known exactly what they were going to do and been building on that for years. Um, so if that's the case, we'll throw that out. There's not a game they've played so far where they haven't been even or really had the edge one-on-one-wise. The Gophers. Look at their schedule. That's that's the case. Michigan State measured up in spots, way too thin and way too young and others. Again, a pretty difficult time for the strength and conditioning folks at Michigan State. It's really hard to know how they look. Maybe they look bigger, faster, stronger if Michigan State turns it around or if if they if they you know get rolling somehow. Uh, if they they win in Maryland, they're rolling. All of a sudden, they're a two-loss team. They probably look better, but one-on-ones, they were not, um, did not have a clear advantage over Minnesota, which is, which is a problem. Minnesota's become a bit of a benchmark in the Big Ten because they have so many older players that have been in their program that have been strength and conditioned up. Michigan State has a long way to go when they rebuild their football program to get there. Coaching-wise, another rough lesson for Harlan Barnett. I have no idea why they... Decided to go for the onside kick there. It seemed like a bad idea. He should take the lesson from it and move forward and apply it and not do that again. It basically just ended the game early when there was no reason to do so, especially when you're on the road. It's getting rough for Michigan State football and their coaches. This is this is um, something that's affecting uh the career prospects for a lot of the folks that are working in Michigan State football right now. This is not going to be an easy rebound for a lot of them for most of the reasons we've talked about here on this show. Overall, I don't think this is one Michigan State could have won, but they actually should have had a shot to. They should have had the ball 
with a chance to take the lead. <clears throat> that didn't happen. It's another loss. On to next week. Nebraska's coming in with a rebuild of their own. The Nebraska situation is somewhat similar to Michigan State, uh, that they're five and three, and Nebraska is going to be licking their chops after beating Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue. They're looking to come in and finish their season strong. Nebraska is going to give Michigan State all they can handle and more. Now, this should be a very interesting week around the Big Ten. It could be a very interesting week for the schools inside the state of Michigan that reside in the Big Ten. It may be so interesting that we need to have a special show or two, depending on what news happens and how that news breaks. So, if I don't speak to you again before Wednesday when we go around college football, I plan to talk with you then unless something big happens. If it does, stay tuned. Keep your eyes out for another edition. It'll be a special edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network.